Station in North Georgia. It's 8.30 and time once again for the Bible Broadcast with Evangelist Keith Allison. Well, greetings, friend, and welcome again to the Bible Broadcast. This is Keith Allison doing the work of an evangelist out of Demarest, Georgia, and I'd like to welcome you to this 30 minutes of Bible study and Bible exposition. And let me say that I'm just honored that you would listen to this broadcast. And whether you are listening in your car, uh, in your home, or even a place of business, I just want to say thank you. And if you are a first-time listener, then let me encourage you to mark the time and the station on which you are listening to. And then let me encourage you to come back next week at the same time. And Lord willing, we'll be on the air again with another message out of the good word of God. I do trust and hope that you and your family are well and that uh, things are going well in your life. And I trust that you are involved in a good, fundamental, Bible-believing church. And if you aren't, let me encourage you to do so. Uh, amen. You owe it to God. You owe it to yourself. And you owe it to your family uh, to be in church. And so let me encourage you, if you aren't, to do that. And then if you are listening and you are not a Christian, if you have never been saved, never been born again, then I trust that you'll listen attentively to the Word of God. And I trust that if God deals with your heart, that you'll uh, come to Him by faith, amen, receiving Him as your Lord and your Savior. Let me invite you to go to my website. It is KeithAllisonMinistries.com. I would love to have you to visit us on the website, see our schedule for the next several weeks, and then uh, you'll see the books that I have written. And I do want to remind you of my new book entitled Discerning the Times. And uh, I would encourage you to uh, take a look at the books that I have. And if they can be of an interest to you, then we'd certainly love for you to order those and be able to use them. My new book on prophecy, Discerning the Times, uh, is subtitled Identifying Where We Are in Prophecy. And uh, I certainly believe that we are in the last days and we need to know what God says about it in his precious word. And so uh, that little 133-page book will help you to identify from the word of God where we're at in these last days. And you can order my books from scripturetruth.com. If you go to my website, you'll see the books shown there. And if you'll just click on to where it says more information, then it'll take you right to scripturetruth.com's website. And you can order the books. and Or you can call me, and I've had several people to call or write or text requesting the book, uh, I'll be glad to drop that in the mail for you. Just let me know. But uh, we are uh, so thankful that God's given us this opportunity to share uh, the Word of God in printed form uh, with our listeners, and so I trust that that'll be uh, something you'll do. And then also on my website, you'll see the radio stations that I'm on. You'll see where you can listen as they stream online. And uh, then one station archives for uh, the broadcast, and so you can listen to them on demand. And I do thank God for the technology uh, that's involved in, in all of this and for the opportunity 
to use it for his glory and his honor. I know that a lot of this is not used right. It's used for wickedness and sin, but we are grateful for the opportunity to use it for the glory of God. Uh, at the end of the program, I'll be giving you a mailing address, a phone number, and again, my email uh, address as well as the website. And so we'd love to hear from you. And uh, let me say to those of you that listen regularly, thank you so much. And I trust that you'll tell others about the broadcast, that you will pray for us. And then if God speaks to your heart, that you will help us financially. I do need to remind you that this is a faith-based uh, ministry. Uh, the Bible broadcast is not underwritten by any one group or organization or even one church, but it is supported by the love offerings uh, that people contribute to this broadcast, uh, and so we are thankful for that. And then, of course, I'm thankful for our home church, the Fairfield Baptist Church of Demarest, Georgia, with Pastor Ben Tanner. We are grateful that they do support the radio broadcast and do permit me uh, as an evangelist to house, uh, if you please, the broadcast under the umbrella of that local church. I do believe in the local church, and I believe that these ministries need to be under the umbrella of a local church, and so we're grateful for the Fairfield Baptist Church of Demarest, Georgia, where I had the opportunity to pastor for over 28 years, and now Brother Ben Tanner is doing a great job, and so we're thankful for that. And so anyway, we'd love for you to uh, let us know that you are listening. All right, today we're going to begin our study in the book of 1 John chapter number 5, and I want to read one verse in 1 John 5 and verse number 14, and then we will begin to look at other places in the Word of God. The Bible said, And this is the confidence that we have in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He heareth us. I like that, don't you? He said, If we ask anything, he said, this is a confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. Well, let me say this. Has there ever been prayers that you have prayed and things that you have asked God to do or asked God to give you or to answer your prayer and it has not been answered? I'm sure that you are like me there are many prayers that I have prayed that were not answered. I'm not saying were not answered and then put a period, but I want to say that they were not answered the way that I thought they ought to have been. God answers uh, our prayers, but oftentimes he doesn't answer them the way that we are looking for him to. And aren't you glad that he knows best and that he is all wise? and that he uses his divine wisdom in answering or not answering our prayers. But then there are some areas of prayer that is on our shoulders. That is, uh, God will do his part as long as we do our part. And if we're not doing our part like he wants us to, then he will not answer our prayer. 
And so that's what I'd like to deal with today. <clears throat> and I'd like to speak to you on this subject, why God doesn't answer our prayer. Why God doesn't answer our prayer. And the Lord being my helper, I want to give you eight Bible reasons why God doesn't answer our prayers. This is eight Bible reasons why God doesn't answer our prayer. You might want to jot these down for a further study on them where you will know exactly where they're at. The first one is found here in my text in 1 John 5, 14, when John said, and this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. So then what John is saying is that if we <coughs> pray and ask something that is within the will of God, then he will hear our prayer. But the uh, opposite of that is true as well. If I'm asking for something that is not within the will of God for my life or for uh, the necessity or for the, for the area of my prayer, if I'm praying and it's not in his will, then God's not going to hear. So number one, why God does not answer prayer, number one is that our prayer is not in his will. In other words, God <coughs> knows best. Uh, amen. He knows exactly what we need and don't need in our life. He knows our tomorrows better than we even know our todays. And I don't know about you, but I have prayed about things in the past and maybe thought that I knew what I wanted or what I believed would be the right thing for me in my ministry and in my relationship to God, and even in personal matters. And I ask God for something, or I ask God to open a door, or I ask God to uh, do a certain thing. So I had a prayer request to God, but I was praying and asking that based on what I believed and what I thought was the right thing. Well, God never answered that prayer like I wanted him to. And then maybe a little while after that, whether it was a week, a month, or a year, sometime after that, as the providential hand of God was worked out in my life, it became clear and evident that, it, that if I had have gotten, or if God had have answered my prayer like I was praying for, then it would have fouled up the plans that God had for my life uh, in the future. You see, uh, there's a lot of reasons why a lot of our prayers not within the will of God. One of them, or several reasons, is that we simply do not know what our future holds. And we may be praying and asking God to do something for us today, but you see, we don't know what tomorrow or the next week, or the next month, or the next year holds, and if God answers our prayer like we want him to today, then it may hinder God from doing what he's going to do tomorrow or the next week. You see, friend, it's like a child, it's like a child and a parent relationship. 
a little child may ask for certain things and want certain things, but because of the parent's maturity and because of their wisdom and years of experience, they know what is right uh, and they know what would be wrong for that child. And so the child may ask for things that they immediately think they need and think they want, but the parents being full of wisdom and maturity, know that granting that child's request could be dangerous for them or it might hinder them in their growth and their development. I know that I have prayed back when I was bivocational in the early years of my ministry where I was working and pastoring. I know I remember praying about a certain job opportunity that I thought would be good for me. I was self-employed, my brother and I working in the masonry work and things got slow and I was looking to do something else. And so I thought I, I made a, I, I applied for a job and I prayed about it, but it never came about. But you see in that prayer, I was saying, God, I want your will to be done. Now the, the salary was attractive. Uh, you know, other things may have looked well about it. But in the long run, being in the ministry, it could have hindered me and could have tied me down more than God wanted it to in my life. And at the period of my life being self-employed and working in construction like I was, it granted me a greater opportunity to come and go if I needed to for the church and for the ministry. And so I worked in construction uh, up until I went full-time in the ministry when I was 35 years old. And so that granted me the liberty that I needed, even though I needed to work. But you see, God knew that. And so he didn't answer my prayer because it was not in his will for my life. So number one, God does not answer our prayer when it's not in his will. And then number two, let me read in James chapter number one and verses number six, uh, five, six, and seven. The Bible said, if any of you lack wisdom, now watch, let him ask of God. That means prayer. Let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, <clears throat> and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith. In other words, if you're going to pray for wisdom, you're going to have to pray in faith. Nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. Now he broadens that, not just in praying about wisdom, but he said, for let not that man think that he shall receive anything, not just wisdom, but anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. And that phrase double-minded literally means to be two-souled. That is to have two, uh, two opinions and one would be doubt and the other one would be faith. And so number two, God will not answer our prayers if they're not prayed in faith. I mean, friend, I'm just going to tell you, if you don't believe that God can, if you don't believe that God has the ability if you don't believe that God has the, uh, the, the, the supply, whatever it is you're praying for, if you do not believe that he can, 
then you are praying in vain and in doubt. And James said that let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. Our prayers must be in faith. We are to pray in faith. I remember in Matthew 9 of the story of the two blind men that came to Jesus asking him to heal them of their blindness. And Jesus asked them the question, believe ye that I am able to do this. In other words, he wanted to know if they had the faith. It's easy to ask, but do you believe? And then they said unto him, yea, Lord. In other words, they confirmed. They said, we do believe. Then touched he their eyes, saying, according to your faith, be it unto you. So you and I, we may be making our prayers and offering our prayers, but when we get up from our prayers, we may be getting up with doubt, not believing that God is going to do it. And friend, he will not answer prayers that are not prayed in faith. We must believe that God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, and above all that we ask or think. And that's in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 20. We are to believe that God is and can do all that we're praying for. So why God doesn't answer our prayers is what I'm preaching on, number one, because our prayer's not in his will. Number two, because our prayer's not in faith. Number three, because we may pray for selfish reasons. The Bible says in James chapter number four and verse number three, James said, you ask and receive not because you ask amiss. And the word amiss means evilly that you may consume it upon your, your lust. So you're, you're praying and asking for something simply out of the desires and the lust of the flesh. Let me give you an example of that. I, I don't know what your income is, and I don't know what your status in life is, but you may be praying that God would give you a new car. You may be praying that God would make it possible for you to have a brand new car. Amen. And, and because you, your neighbors got a new one and, and man, they look good and you open that door and they smell good. And, and, and my, you'd be, you'd be looked at a little bit better pulling up into the church parking lot in that brand new car. Nothing wrong with a new car, but want to ask you a question. Can you really afford the new car? Now I'll be honest with you, friend. I know what it's like to be in the, in the middle class and the lower a, a, a spectrum of the middle class, and and I know the difference in the price of a used car and a new car, and I know, dear friends, sometimes, and that's where it's been mostly through my wife and I's life, and I've chosen not to buy a brand new car. We've bought them a year old, and sometimes two or three years old. You get a better deal deal on them, amen. You buy the right car, you get the low miles, and and they're a, a you, you get a, a a lot cheaper than new. And, if you buy a new one, it loses value when you drive. And I know all of that is economical uh, 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 ideology, and we all may differ on that, but here's what I'm saying. I could say, I want a new car, and God, I want that new car. Well, God may be saying, I know you want it, but at the end of the month, when you pay the light bill, the phone bill, 
uh, when you pay uh, your insurance, when you buy groceries, when you tithe, when you do all of this, you ain't going to have the money to pay for a new car, and God knows that. You see what I'm saying? Sometimes our prayer is for selfish reasons. If you need transportation, and this is what I've tried to do, I look at everything that I've got as far as the ministry. And I've prayed and I've said, God, you know the, the automobile we've got's got high mileage. It's it's going to start breaking down. And, and if I'm going to go up and down the road preaching the gospel, I need something to drive. And, and so we, we've always bought used automobiles. And like I say, as new as a year old and sometimes two or three. And if you get them two or three, you get a real good deal. Get that low mileage. Amen. You don't lose much money. But, but let me say this. The, the need is transportation. So there's a lot of times there is a wide gap between what we need and what we want. You follow me? There's a wide gap between what we need and what we want. And you're praying for what you want instead of what you need. Let me illustrate again, and I don't mind using personal example. We live, we live in, a, in a brick home that we built. Uh, in in uh, I've been in it about 22, 23 years at the time of this broadcast. I built the home, the, the house. I hired some guys to help me frame it. And then I hired different people to do different things. Kindly, I served as my own contractor. But me being uh, in my early years in, in, in the masonry work, I, I, I put in my own basement, 12-inch block. I bricked the house. It's, it's, it's about a 2,000-square-foot house, just a modest house, amen, a modest house. But you know what we did? I, I went to the bank, and I talked to the bankers, and, and we figured out what I could qualify for the loan, amen. We looked at our income and what I could qualify to pay back, uh, amen. And so that's what we did, and, and we built based on that. We, we built a house before we built this one, and I went to the bank, found out what I could borrow. And so we looked at house plans and, and developed uh, something to plan within our budget. Are you listening to me? There is a need. We need a roof over our head. But does it have to be a half-million-dollar roof? <laughs> does it have to be a 4,000-square-foot house? Is that the roof we need? Now, if you can afford it, that's fine. But what I'm, I'm simply wanting you to see that we pray for things that we want, and then when God doesn't answer that prayer, we get all bent out of shape about it, but we're really praying about something selfish. Jesus told us in Matthew 6, Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. God wants to meet your needs and God will take care of you. But if you put a broad gap between your needs and what you want and expect God to give you what you want, he just may not answer that prayer. Amen. And then let me say number four, uh, God will not answer our prayer when we do not pray in Jesus' name. Now, you may not realize this, but uh, the Bible says in John chapter number 14, listen to this, uh, in John 14 and verse number uh, 13 and 14, Jesus said, And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, 
that the Father may be glorified in the Son, if he shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. So what does it mean to pray in the name of Jesus? It is more than just tagging his name at the end of our prayer, but it means that we're praying in the interest of Christ. We're praying with the desire for Christ to be first in our life. It means that we are, we are soliciting his authority. We are soliciting his will. We are, uh, we are wanting his purpose. We're, we're soliciting his merit and his glory for whatever it is we're praying for. You see, we're praying to God, but we're going in Jesus' name. We are consciously recognizing that we have access to God through Christ, and it's in his authority that we can pray and lay our petitions out before God. Now again, every one of these verses has to be interpreted in the light of the others. So when he says that ye shall ask what ye will, uh, and I will do it, if, if ye shall ask anything in my name, I'll do it, that verse has to be in, interpreted in and our, our prayer has to be within his will. Our prayer has to be in faith. Our prayer has to be uh, for not for selfish reasons. So here we have to pray in Jesus' name. And if we don't, he will not hear that prayer. Amen. And then let me say, let's move on. In Proverbs 28 and verse number 9, listen to this. Uh, in Proverbs 28, 9, he that turneth away his ear from hearing the law even his prayer shall be an abomination. He that turneth away his ear from hearing the law. What does that mean? If we do not heed the word of God, God will not answer our prayer. Now you may think that the Bible, the word of God is like a, a, a buffet at, down, at the, down at the steakhouse where you can go through and just pick out what you want and leave the other. And you may say, well, I don't like that, and I don't like that, and I don't like that, but now this I'll take. If that's the way you do the word of God, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you God's not going to answer your prayer. You say, preacher, do you believe that? Sure. Well, that's in the Old Testament. doesn't matter. Listen, some of the Bible, listen, there may be portions of the Bible that was not written to me as a Gentile, as a New Testament church member, but all of the Bible was written for me. Let me say that again. All of it may not have been written to me, but all of it was written for me, including the Old Testament. And in Proverbs 28, 9, he's telling us that he that turneth away his ear from hearing the law, in other words, if you won't hear what God has to say, even his prayer shall be an abomination. In other words, if you don't want to hear him, he don't want to hear you. Well, we've got a lot of gall, haven't we? I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll push aside the word of God and say, God, you're not going to tell me what to do. You're not going to tell me how to run my life. You're not going to tell me how to live. You're not going to tell me how to worship. You're not going to tell me how to tithe. And we, we just won't hear the word of God, but yet we'll get on our, our little prayer and we'll say, Lord, I sure do need this. I sure do need that. Friend, I'm telling you, God, I don't see how he puts up with us, do you? And then let me say number six, God will not hear our prayer when we have unconfessed sin in our life. Psalm 66, 18, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. 
And I know that all of us are sinners saved by grace and we all sin, dear friend, and we ought to pray constantly and we ought to pray every day, God, forgive me of my sin, not to be saved again, but to just wash our feet, friend. We live in a dirty world and we all come short of the glory of God and we need God to help us. But if we're living in sin, in other words, if you've got things in your life that are blatant and open and sinful and you're not dealing with it, God will not. I've said God will not hear your prayer. Just forget it. What did Isaiah say? Isaiah 59, 1, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, neither his ear heavy that it cannot hear, but your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. Oh, my. And then let me say this, 1 Peter 3, 7, I'm running out of time. A wrong relationship with our spouse will hinder our prayer. If you if you're just friend, if you're if you've got a wall between you and your spouse, then there's a wall between you and God in prayer. And then Proverbs 21, 13. And I, I'm not saying these are the least important. I'm just out of time. Whoso stoppeth his ears at the cry of the poor, he also shall cry himself, but shall not be heard. When we shut our ears to the cry of the poor, God will not hear our prayer. Oh, my friend, why God doesn't answer prayer. If at any time you would like to have a copy of one of the radio broadcasts, just let me know which Sunday that it is you want. Just give me the date of the Sunday, and I'll be glad to get you that CD. Listen, uh, my uh, mailing address is P.O. Box 312, Cornelia, Georgia, 30531. Call us 706-968-1182 and you can go to my website keithallisonministries.com or you can email me at keithallisonministries at gmail.com. Until next time, uh, this is Evangelist Keith Allison saying keep looking up Jesus. 97.5 Glory FM is WGTJ Murrayville, Gainesville and W248DL Murrayville, Gainesville.